This is the Huddle Up Podcast with J.P. Shadrick, Bucky Brooks, and John Osher. Welcome to the new era. The Huddle Up Podcast starts right now. Welcome into the Huddle Up Podcast. Today is Wednesday, June 9th. J.P. Shadrick, Bucky Brooks, John Osher, and a lot on the show today. Week three of organized team activities, the final voluntary practices of the offseason coming up this week. Josh Allen spoke with the media earlier this week and a preview of mandatory minicamp coming up next week and the triumphant return of Bucky Brooks, which will happen on Monday. What's up, Bucky? What's going on, man? Like, how are we living down there? Is it hot? Is it nice and hot down there? Oh, it's steamy today, John. It was uh, on Tuesday. It was steamy out there, John. Yeah, it was hot. And it was, it, I thought it was sort of a, a strange practice. It, it sort of felt uh, disjointed, not necessarily from the team standpoint, maybe, but I think most people know by now Trevor Lawrence wasn't really out there. He had some hamstring tightness. So there were four interceptions. He threw two of them, but you got the idea. He couldn't really put anything on the ball. He was kind of in and out of practice. So it didn't really feel like the interceptions mattered that much. JP, you were watching him. I mean, it, it didn't feel like he was playing well or poorly or whatever. It just kind of felt like, well, his hamstring tight, get him out of there. Yeah. It was sort of a, uh, I thought it was one of the weirder OTA practices from that perspective. I'm sure they got a lot done. But from an observer's perspective, it was just kind of weird. Yeah, it was. He just didn't have a lot of zip on it, Bucky, because as John mentioned there, the he didn't have a lot of juice from the lower half, and then it was like time for Urban to get okay, just sit out the rest of practice here and let the other guys throw it around a little bit, and and that's what you get sometimes with um, when you throw out the other quarterbacks out there too. That's what happened on Tuesday. That's a tough one. The main thing is you want to make sure if you're Urban Meyer, you want to make sure that. Trevor Lawrence doesn't have any lingering issues when it comes to the soft tissue stuff that he can kind of figure it out. They can get a rehab. They can get him going. Um, he can get back on track and he doesn't miss any time, particularly when we get to training camp, you know, cause you want him available to get all the reps for that. And then, you know, to see the other guys, see what Garner Minshew and CJ Beathard and us, Luke, Jake Luton, all those other guys can do in terms of throwing the ball all over the yard. And do we have anything? And um, I don't know, but, this is kind of like the dog days of the OCA camp season. Like you're kind of like, what are we doing? We're not quite at mini camp yet. Like you're kind of getting tired of it all. And so you're going to have some of those lows. This is why most years I could care less about this time of year. Oh, and it, it, well, not that it's not important because for the players and the coaches, there is value to it. And I always, always struggle to explain to fans what I mean by this. There is value to it in the sense that I, I do think there are players on the roster, coaches, new coaches, who need this time for learning. I think the value is for the players and the coaches. The issue I always have is we feel compelled as the fourth estate or the fifth estate, whatever the media is, JP, the seventh <laughs> estate, we feel compelled and then Twitter comp feels compelled to follow it and draw conclusions from things. Well, Urban Meyer put it really well, and I'm sure it's one of those things he's learning about. In spring, summer ball, or in college, you can have pads on, you have some competitiveness. In the NFL, you can't do that. And he was very clever to practice twice and sort of went back to it on Tuesday. This is not a winner-loser situation. Uh, for Urban to say that, who's all about competitiveness and winning and losing, means he gets – 
This is a teaching time. And he said it best. This is about not losing their strength and not losing their speed. They are trying to maintain until they get to August when they can start competing and being real and seeing real things. I would guess if you really asked Urban, he's probably not a huge fan of these in terms of, you know, he likes, just like most coaches do, getting out there, competing, seeing who's better, who's worse. Well, that's not what this is. So it's very much a maintaining thing. And I, I can sort of see from that perspective, JP, why he decided to close most of them. Because, you know, the more you open and the more people are going to try to draw conclusions. And this, is, this really isn't a conclusion-drawing time, except for us bozos who feel like we have to. I mean, that's what you're supposed to do, Osh. You're supposed to be out there out there tracking all the completions and stats. incompletions. You're supposed stats. to give me well, – in fact, I, I've been waiting for it to come across. I'm, I'm sitting here all the time waiting, looking at Twitter, waiting for you to have, like, the completion percentage, wow. the passer rating, <laughs> number of touchdowns, who's who scored, who's yeah. who's hot, who's and not. Never mind the Tebow time things. graphic, too. we got to get yeah. the Tebow t- I mean – I mean, wow. like, I mean, I'm, I'm hoping that you're saving this. It sounds for, like for you're going to wait. And that's good, yes. Bucky, because you're going to go through some adversity here, and adversity builds character. It does build character. So um, you will some be, would say that's um, what happens when you stay away from voluntary practices, Bucky. You can't get. To yeah, see I guess, it Bucky, you can fly down here and not, and and track the things yourself. If yeah, you want. it's over. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean, we're, we're coming out. I just never know when the media days are. If I if I knew, I would be all over. I never knew what, when media availability. What are you talking is. about? Yes, I, well, you Bucky will be here Monday. And I'll yeah. check his Twitter feed for some completion percentage. Oh, we're gonna have we're gonna have it all down. That. Like we, see all we right. can get we can get a researcher to help us with the the passer rating if we can calculate that. But I think your point that uh, Coach Meyer makes about this being different is not necessarily a competitive period. I bet you it is an adjustment for him because when you're having spring ball at Ohio State and Florida, you have pads on, like you're getting after it. You have three or four scrimmages throughout that 15 day period where you guys are playing really, for starting positions. Yeah. They, they're really good. Yeah. Now he's looking around like, what, what is this patty cake stuff that we're doing? Like we can line up and have team, but we can have team without pads on how much real work can you do in his mind? I'm sure it is a bit of an adjustment when it comes to what he's seeing and what he's used to seeing after being a coach at the co- collegiate level for such a long time. Hey Bucky, how, if you're a player on the Jags, how ready must you better be for that fourth practice in training camp when the pads are ready to go on? Because mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. the ball coach is ready to go now. <laughs> I mean, I mean, at some point we got to put the ball down and a hey, one's in the huddle. Let's go. Let's, you better let's be ready for live. that day. Um, <laughs> I would anticipate that there would be some, um, there would be some very violent and physical days on the yeah. horizon. But here's the thing, John. They, they can't really do two-a-days. They can't go right. back and do old school, but he certainly can work them to death for about three and a half hours <laughs> and kind of see what, who's who and what's what. So it'll be interesting to see what his practice regimen looks like. Urban might sleep on the field that night, JB. <laughs> he might just pitch a tent out there. and <laughs> Like the Duke kids for the basketball yeah. game? Yeah, Krzyzewskiville, right outside. It'll be <laughs> Urban Meyerville. I have a little cot under the bleachers. Perfect. I mean, I mean, let's 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 get it going. Let's get it popping. I love it. Uh, remember to subscribe to the official Jaguars Podcast Network on Apple, iTunes, Spotify, or wherever else you download podcasts. There are a number of options. Give us a five star rating on whatever option you prefer, and plenty of comments. And single game tickets are on sale for 2021. Visit jaguars.com. 
or call 904-633-2000. A team of representatives is ready to help you get back in the bank in 2021. Josh Allen spoke with the media on Tuesday, Jaguars defensive end and linebacker, and I uh, had a little, a little time with him after the fact, after the media conference. And it's always a fun conversation with this guy, obviously. You know, he missed a lot of games last season. He knows what his role should be on this defense and team. Uh, he's been a Pro Bowl player in the past, but he still has to go out there and prove it again. It's a new regime and all that. I was uh, really happy to hear his energy level and spirit. I mean, he always has that anyway in him, but he feels re-energized, John. I don't know if you've, you caught him this week. You know, it's um, that first conversation he had with Urban Meyer, I think really got to him that, okay, we're going to be just fine here in Jacksonville. And I think he's got a big season coming because everything is, is lined up for him in this defense, in this place to do things the right way. I could talk about Josh Allen for hours. I, I really like the guy. Uh, beyond liking him, he, he's as impressive. There's only been a few rookies I've ever been around who I thought came in with the maturity level of Josh Allen. Oh, one of them was Bob Sanders, who I covered at the Colts in 2004, who was sort of stepped in playing at a Pro Bowl level. Didn't make it that year, but he was at a defensive player of the year level very quickly. More than that, uh, Bob was a guy who older teammates respected unbelievably quickly. And the reason I talk about Bob so much is Josh reminds me of that. I don't know if old soul or whatever, but he's the kind of guy that as soon as he walks into a building, people know he belongs. People know that he takes the right approach. They also know the ability, which in the NFL, you have the right approach all you want. If you have the ability, it doesn't matter. This guy's got everything. I, I, I've said many times, I'd be stunned if he's not a multi-time Pro Bowler. I think he has a chance to be the Von Miller of this defense. Maybe not Von Miller Hall of Fame level. I can't put that on the kid. They were able to build around Von Miller in Denver. Leadership very quickly and was very good, and they were good because of him. I think Josh Allen's the kind of guy you can be good because of on defense. I haven't talked to him for publication the way you have JP, but I did talk to him a couple of times a few weeks ago, just walking out. And he's the kind of guy you can have a conversation with and talk to. I caught the same vibe you did. He is fired up. Honestly, even off the record, he's very excited about this bunch. He thinks it's going in the right direction. I think fans sometimes JP, because he didn't have a great year last year because of the injuries have sort of forgotten about Josh a little bit. This is a guy who I think has a chance to be a premier player he wasn't on his way to that last year because they didn't stop the run. If they get the run stopped, this kid can pressure the quarterback, be impact, and change games. And, and again, I could go on about him forever. I feel like I already have. But this kid's special. Look, I, th I think what you would like, if you're a reminder, you want your best players to be your hardest workers um, and to be natural leaders. And I think by all accounts, Josh Allen checks off all the boxes. Going all the way back to when he was coming to Kentucky, you talked about it just feeling like he has a maturity about him that is different. I think that's one of the reasons why he was appealing. Um, you talk about a very mature player, um, a guy who kind of appears to have everything together on the field and off the field. That's someone you, who you want to hit your wagon to as a franchise player. And so when Coach Meyer walks into the locker room, he is trying right now to assess who are the players that he trusts the most, who are the guys that he can entrust with certain leadership responsibilities. 
at the top of the list, Josh Allen's going to be that. He comes in as a ballyhoo player. He's played at a high level despite missing most of one season with, with the knee injury. I think he sees him as a bedrock. And it's also one of the reasons why you hear Irvin alluding to, hey, man, they had a great defense here. There's some pieces in place. I don't want to hear people talk about the core and not being enough talent. I think he appreciates and recognizes some of the blue chip talent that Allen brings. I'm sorry, JP. No matter what they brought in, Josh Allen's still supposed to be the best player in this defense this year. You know, and again, I think that sort of got forgotten about a little bit. And he had 11 sacks as a rookie because, or 10.5, I forget what it was, but it was double digits. And I think because he didn't repeat that because he had the injuries and whatever, I think people have sort of slid into a, yeah, but Calais was there. So that's why he got him. You know, I mean, I hear that sometimes there's, there's not very much credit given to what Josh Allen did as a rookie. I'm not saying he was a mature player yet. He could have been the third or fourth player in that draft. Uh, mm-hmm. and Probably should have been. Yeah. There were yeah. people who thought he was in uh, Bucky's more the draft guru than I am, but he was as good as any player in the draft that year. So or, yeah. up there, certainly. No, so true. all of a sudden through fortune, you know, if Lawrence is what he's supposed to be, Josh Allen is premier beyond blue chip on the other side of the ball. He needs to be special for this to be. But if he is, this defense could turn around in a hurry if you have other pieces around him. I mean, I think that's the main thing. The million-dollar question is, how good would Josh Allen be? Because right now he's kind of a one-man show on the defensive line as a pass rusher. And so they need him. We need him to play at a high level. I think the expectation has to be what I would call 12-plus. He needs 12 sacks plus whatever is above that. Because if he's that disruptive on defense, it means the Jaguars' defense is playing the right way. They're stopping a run on early downs, and they're giving him enough opportunities to be able to get the quarterback down. And so that's critical. And so if Josh Allen plays to the level that we expect him to play, he'll play a key role, not only as a run stopper, but as a major sack artist. I have a question for defensive coordinator Bucky Brooks, John, if I may. (laughs) How are you scheming up Josh Allen? Uh, where are you putting him? Three, four, four, three hybrid stuff. Like, what's the what's the sweet spot for Josh Allen to make that happen? Well, I mean, I think by by trade he's going to be an edge rusher. So, however you define that, if it's a four three, he's your defensive end because he's on the edge. Three four, he's your designated rush end. Nickel situations where most teams are in some kind of four man front, uh, he's going to be the fourth rusher. The main thing that you want to get from him, you want I mean, you want him to make plays. You don't want to slow him down. You want to wind him up and let him go off the edge. And so keep it simple. Encourage him to play fast. And, man, just just let him go make plays. I think that's the only way you really can play with him. Four to six, A to B. Absolutely. Plus two. See, John? If you talk about potential, I had said going into last year, and I think it's doubly true this year, on paper and, in fact, in a couple of cases, the Jaguars should have three elite players where it matters, meaning they should have elite on all three levels of their defense. I think Miles Jack is elite. I think he is is uh, I know he's not a pro bowler, but I think talent wise, you would call him an all pro pro bowl level type player. He can play that ability. Then you have Josh Allen and the X factor to me becomes CJ Henderson. If he's top 10 pick corner, then you've got what you I've always thought in the NFL you must have a premier player on all three levels to have a good defense. You can, if you've got that, then you can do it. They've got guys who should be that. 
so I think that's why Urban looks around and says, you know, there's some players here that mm-hmm. maybe people have gotten have overlooked a little bit. But again, there's some special players at a lot of positions on this team. Uh, so we'll see. And by the way, uh, Henderson and Campbell were doing some stuff on the field on Tuesday for the first time. Not full team stuff, but at least moving around in some individual periods, which is a good sign, Buck. You know, it is, it is really a good sign because you need all hands on deck. And this is a defense that doesn't have enough talent where you can have some of the guys that are on the front line not be available. And so you want to make sure all those guys are there. The guy I want to talk about, though, is you mentioned a Miles Jack. He is and necessarily the alpha dog or the natural leader, but he certainly brings value as, as a guy that can make some things happen. And I think it's really important for him to be put in a role where he can create havoc and disruption near the line of scrimmage. And so whatever that looks like as a rusher, as a blitzer, um, a takeaway, or Miles Jack needs to be one of the guys that kind of pushes for serious consideration as all league defenders. And he's played every position in the book at linebacker in this organization. So like nothing is going to be new for him. He's he's old enough now where he's been he's been through some battles. Yeah, but you know it's gonna be new? The position he's playing this year is gonna be new. That's yeah, it's true. <laughs> yeah, you know, it, it's and my impression is that it's going to be a position that fits him very well. And, and uh he's gonna be that weak backer in a three four, it's sort of an inside backer but it's not quite an inside backer. It's going to play to his strengths. Uh, They're going to use him creatively on this defense. And I, I would expect him to blitz. I expect him to be cut. If, if fans ever complained before about them not using miles uh, in a way to use his athleticism, I don't think that will be a complaint this year. I think his <laughs> athleticism and his skill set will be used. No doubt about that. This is the Huddle Up podcast. J.P. Shadrick, Bucky Brooks, John Osier. Glad you have chosen us on this Wednesday. And remember, the Jaguars and TIAA Bank Field Partners are hosting a job fair. It's this Sunday, June 13th, 10 a.m. to noon, and then Monday, June 14th, from 5 to 7 p.m. The team is hiring more than 1,000 guest services staff for 2021 home games, including ushers, ticket takers, food service, bartenders, servers, and security, and many, many more roles. Professional dress, a smile, and a pen are recommended, and it's in the Fields Auto Terrace Suite in the south end of TIAA Bank Field. Free parking in Lot D. Enter through Gate 4, and we'll see you at the bank Sunday and Monday. And also, Daly's play schedule. It's red hot. It's starting to fire up this weekend again, Bucky. Tedeschi Trucks Fireside Live Friday and Saturday. In a socially distant show, pieces of Tedeschi Trucks Band, Brad Paisley in July, Blackberry Smoke, the full schedule and tickets available at dailiesplace.com. So, uh, Bucky, did you see all the renderings that were released last week in downtown Jacksonville? The uh, first downtown Mm -hmm. Jacksonville announcement um, with Shad Khan involved, Mark Lamping, Urban Meyer was part of the announcement the other day. What did you see? What did you like? Well, I liked a lot of things. And at the, the risk of drawing the ire of my guy, J.O., uh, I must say one of the favorite things that I liked in the rendering was the Four Seasons Hotel. I mean, I like that. I just think it's important that you have proper accommodations around the facility. I think that is, that is a good thing for what they're doing. But also the indoor, like being able to add an indoor, the facilities and all those things. And with the backdrop of Jacksonville being right there, it looks first class. And 
everything that you heard and listening to Urban talk about it afterwards. Um, I mean, talk one at first class. We want the players to have the best, give them the best stuff so they can be around with them. Draw the ire. I like the Four Seasons Hotel as much as the next guy. I just Uh, can't afford a a Four Seasons Hotel. Bucky's going to have one of those residences on the other side. Oh, there's no question. I thought I thought. You know what will happen? Bucky will be walking through the lobby at the Four Seasons. I'll be walking through. Hey, Buck. Buck? He'll be up to his elevator. (laughs) He won't even know who I am. I mean, Is there any question that's in his deal? Hey, whenever I come in. I'm at the four seasons. We're going to be like, you know what? We uh, remember that time that Bucky didn't come to voluntary. Why don't we rewind to that? He'll be here just rubbing it in our face. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I mean, I, I would, I, I, I kind of like having chocolates on the pillows and those things. We'll turn down service. Um, I think it'd be great for uh, the play of no, but really on a, on a serious tip, I think the rendering and when you look at it, I think is really impressive. And when you hear coach Meyer talk about, this being a destination place, a place where you can bring free agents because Florida doesn't have state tax. You got warm weather. You have the newest and best facilities and you offer up all of the amenities that every player could want. What he is trying to create is a situation where you have 100%. 100% of the Jaguars live in, in town. That means they are always at workouts. They're always in the building getting better. If you want to create an elite level program, we'll talk about it in college terms, that's what you have to have. You have to have buy-in. And so this will give the players an opportunity to buy in because you're talking about first class everything based on what the scriptures are, what they're talking about getting done over the next few years. John, we, we discussed this a little bit on Jaguars reporters on Monday, but uh, you know, 1995 when this place opened, that wasn't a big deal to have the in the stadium facility, right? I mean, it was around the league, different places. There was a lot of old stadiums still around the NFL in 1995 as well, and that's just kind of how things operated. Huh. Well, since then, times have changed a bit. And if somebody, if anybody would know an arms race, it's Urban Meyer, right? I mean, he lived yep. in that arms race world, so he understands what it takes to attract people to an organization and and having this type of facility is certainly a way to do that in my role for the times union back in the day i I traveled to a lot of nfl teams i went to the stevens point i mean i went to the training camps in wisconsin a couple times i went to uh i went to denver during the season i went to the new york jets uh the pittsburgh steelers and i'm referencing this because in the 90s i saw the jaguars facility and i saw you know, I don't know, eight or nine other facilities, uh, not just the stadiums, but where they practiced. Uh, went to Denver for a couple of playoff games. Uh, went to Buffalo, same deal. When you went in the 90s from Jacksonville and came back, you didn't see very much difference in what you were seeing at the other stadiums and when you came back to town. It, and uh, Bucky played for uh, multiple teams. And Bucky, had, you might be able to speak to it, but you probably didn't have this sense that Oh, Jacksonville's facilities, incredible worse or incredible better. It was, it was fine. Well, now when you go to different facilities, it's, it's been state of the art. And because 25 years later, you know, this circumstance hasn't changed and many others have. So, yes, Urban's going to de- get and deserve a lot of credit for the new facility. But I do believe that at some point this needed to get done, period. And I, uh, yeah, no time like the present. No time like the present. Jay, like 
John, I, I think it's, it's just really important to be able to do it. And we, we talk about first-class facilities, the way you treat the players. Uh, it's the little things. It's the little things that keep guys around. It might be the little things that down the line, if this team becomes really, really good, that might be the difference in keeping a veteran who might be able to chase more money elsewhere. But because he feels like he was treated in such a way that he doesn't want to leave the community. And so I think this is something that Jacksonville – has probably needed to do for a while. I remember in the run-up to the end of the regular season, we talked about coaches and culture and what this team needed to do. And I remember discussing Pittsburgh and Buffalo and Green Bay and how they go about their process. Well, they, I mean, they do it by really treating their, their guys in a first-class fashion. And then they make sure that the off-season program and those things are, are worthy of these guys coming back and spending more time in town. All I know is that in the new office building that's by the Four Seasons, John is going to have a corner penthouse suite uh, overlooking oh. the river. I was told that the other day. Mm. Wow. John. Yeah. I'm impressed, John. Yeah, that's uh, – it's – I don't know where I'll be or if I'll be, but I know where I won't be, and I won't be there. <laughs> I mean, come on, man. So we're looking at we're, we're looking at 2023 for the team facility. Still have some hoops to jump through with the city, some things like that. Nothing's officially done yet, but they're still working through the downtown investment folks and then along to the city council and after that. But there's a pretty good feeling about this one. This is the Huddle Up podcast. And remember to subscribe to the official Jaguars podcast network on Apple, iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your pods. Give us five stars and a comment. A uh, final thought, what's coming up? We've got, uh, let's see, well, the final week of OTAs this week. We'll have, um, uh, let's see, Jaguars happy hour is Thursday. We mentioned the concerts at Daly's Place Friday and Saturday. Uh, Bucky, what do you got going on these days? What's happening? Well, well, I mean, look, just getting ready for, for minicamp. About to venture out, touchdown in Jacksonville for the first time in a long time. Really excited. Where, where do you want to go? Like, what is your, you know, I know you're going to be here watching football. We Focus. get that. But, like, Practice. where? Okay, I want to be an great. elite. I want to be elite. I want. I want to. I want to touch the line. I want to have my my toes on the line. I'm go plus two in everything that I do that week. Yeah, so it's great. Well, we're gonna go plus two other places in town too. What's on your list to see in Jacksonville? I mean, I don't know. It's been so long there. I I, I mean, like JP, I'm kind of at your mercy, which is scary, but I'm I'm at your mercy <laughs> to, to to see what happens. But I, I'm I'm gonna tell Coach Mayan all the guys I've been working out. I should be ready. So when I'm doing my duty and hanging on the sideline i should be should be there i should exhibit good body language that i know that's very important so i'll make sure i give good body language i'm pay attention see the new jaguars has there been another travis Etienne wide receiver sighting is is, is that a thing or yes. are we done with that i think so yeah he's he's all okay. over the place he's a all swiss right. army knife right. bucky yeah. of course i mean it was so so much outrage and all stuff over the place and he yeah. got a touchdown on tuesday jp yeah oh he did from uh from Gardner. Yeah. So, oh, look at Gardner Minshew. Yeah. Don't want him to peak too soon. Right. And, uh, you will see it for yourself next week, Bucky. So I'm excited. That's a good sign. Johnny, what do you got coming up? Uh, AJ Can will be on the Ozone podcast this week. LaVisca Chenault will be on next week's Ozone podcast. And uh, I mean, it, it's, it's hard to plan amid all the excitement of Bucky arriving, to be honest with you. Yeah, it, it's, it's, it's distracting. It, yeah. It's, Really, that's what people want to know about. Mm-hmm. So, what is played by here? It, are we having a daily podcast next week? Is that the? Are we should. 
Might is that well. the plan? Is that if that if that's in his contract? I mean, I don't know. Well, that's true. That's true. You, you don't mess with that contract. <laughs> no. I mean, we, we 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 should be able to do that. I got to make sure that I don't wear my customary and routine black. Um, it may be so warm. I may have to wear some lighter colors. You know, they make dry fit black. clothes now, Bucky. You know, I know, but, but still, like, still black is still really, it's really, really hot. It's Technology really has changed since 1996. I mean, I mean, I wonder how many people are actually around from when Bucky was here. I know Dan Edwards is still here. There's a couple uh, yeah. guys Bucky might know by sight. Skip. Yeah. Skip's still yeah. here. Yeah, Dan, Dan, I'm still. Me, it's a short list. It's a short list. I, I just certainly hope that I don't have to have my helmet on snapped up because I still have flashbacks of that with Coach Coughlin where I had to have everything snapped up and ready to go. I, I don't know about – I don't know if I'm compliant. There's no more concentration line. That's okay, not here. No, no more concentration <laughs> line? Um, no more concentration line. Uh, let's see what what other rule did I have to adhere to? Uh, let's see, khakis and hard shoes. Uh, had to wear socks all the time. Any Feet on days? the floor during meetings. Yeah, no no seeds or snacks or whatever meeting we did get him to relent and he would allow us to have a, a bottle of water, but that's about it. Wow. Here, here you got dry needling, you got cupping, <laughs> you got masseuses, you got anything yeah. your heart desires in this place now. Yeah, I'm hoping. Maybe I can get out there and run a 40 for coach. all the Gatorade you can drink. Oh, <laughs> ready, ready. Let's go. Let's I go. I love it. All right. Maybe that, power bar to you or something like that. There's like the sure protein there's, bars or something like that. I can we get can out talk there. to somebody. There's nutritionists. They can help you with that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. First class. Everything first is first class. class. I'm excited. About best it. of the best for Bucky. Uh, John Osier. Bucky Brooks, I'm J.P. Shadrick. That'll do it for us this week. We will catch you next week with maybe a few Huddle Up podcasts on the Jaguars official podcast network.